I'm Adam Pendlebury. I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Falk. And I'm Pete Reese. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. We're back in the studio after witnessing another defeat. <laughs> to, to be a little bit habit forming at the moment, this. But I'm very pleased to say that we're joined by Mike Stocklet, Stoke City supporter. So hopefully he can uh, shed a different opinion on, on last night's game, which I thought was shocking. I must admit, mate, I can't really disagree with you. I thought it was a pretty drab game. Maybe we had a bit more possession, but as far as chances go, I think both sides struggled, didn't they? But for a large portion of that game, uh, we, we, we took our goal really well. I thought Will Keane should have scored for you guys from, what, three yards out? Really surprised he missed that somehow. But yeah, it was a pretty drab game on it, let's be honest. I mean, one thing I would say, which I've seen some fans criticising, I would say it. The players put the effort in. Whether they were they had the quality to match it or not is a different matter. I, d- I didn't understand our starting lineup, and I don't know whether it was because you've got Jagielka at, at central def- defence, and whether we thought we'd go with the quicker strikers. Why we didn't play either McGuinness or White as a striker with Broadhead playing off him and perhaps Keane a bit deeper, which is where he plays. It really baffled me that. Is, is Jagielka slow? Is that is that the thing, Mike? You, you know what? He's not the fastest player, but I think due to his experience, mate, to be honest, is he doesn't need to be. Like He puts himself in a position where he controls the ball quite well. Uh, the only thing I can think behind why he went how he went is that we are good in the air. I think you'd struggle to massively beat us in the air. I think Jags and, and Wilmot generally do deal with a lot of stuff. It's not always been the case, but no, mate, for me, Jags has been really good. Well, he's going on 41 now. Certainly good enough for the championship. Well, if that's the case, then that throws another question. Like, why did we keep knocking the ball up? Because you won most of the headers, and the headers that we did win, you won all the second balls. It was like we were going down a blind alley. You said quite correctly, Mike. Um, basically, this, it was two two poor teams playing against each other, and that's the way it looked for the majority of the match. I thought you you did seem to have a little bit more quality up, up front than we did. I think Dwight, Dwight Gale looked lively at times. There wasn't a lot to choose between the two teams, and, and I think we we something that we've covered on on our podcast a couple of times this season that when we were winning games, they were very often on the, the favourable side of a 1-0 of a or a 2-1. So, you know, re- really getting the benefits of the fine margins. And at the moment, it's going out the other side. I don't know what you think about that, whether you, a lot of your matches have been similar, the, the ones you've been lo- the ones you've been losing are uh, following a similar pattern or not. We've got this horrendous record at the minute where if we concede first, we don't ever pull it back. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but I don't believe we pulled the game back at all. I think since, we're talking about a bigger picture and a bigger issue, I think since we got relegated, I think we played 86 games. And I think from when we've gone behind, I think we've only won four, which is a pretty staggering start. And I think since Alex Neal's come in, you know what? He's galvanised the club. Um, he's making sure the players point effort in. He's not sticking to one formation. One, I mean, for example, he obviously played full-backs against you guys. He's been playing flat four previously, so he's obviously seen that he needed to match up with the way that you were playing. We've been losing games, especially, I'd say, Bar Coventry, which was pretty rubbish. We absolutely smashed Rotherham to pieces. Like, they had one shot 
threw a crowd, went in, and they managed to hold us off. Previous games, we have dominated possession. We've dominated chances. We've we've had goals disallowed. You mentioned Dwight Gale. He's had four goals wrongly disallowed this season. He's yet to officially score for us. Jacob Brown, you saw last night, was pretty rubbish. Let's be honest, he was. He had that chance to square it to Gale and completely fluffed it. Um, but he's only coming back from an injury again. So it's, it's one of them, mate. I think the previous chap has said that, you know, we weren't great and we weren't. We are definitely better than that. But I'd say we arguably deserve to win it just about. But there really wasn't much quality in that game for me either side. I mean, we just want to ask you a question, actually. What What's your guys' thoughts on James McLean and uh, and Cousins? I mean, obviously, ex-Stokies. Uh, have they been taken to quite warmly at Wigan? McLean last season was fantastic. He spent most of the season playing as a, a left-sided forward. We used to play play kind of kind of what I would call the old three four three three, but Barry has a different name for it. I mean, he was superb, particularly away from home when the fans wound him up. He was he was brilliant because I don't think our manager trusts having two centre backs. The only player really you can play wing back for us is James McLean. And I, I would say he started the season pretty well, but he's knackered. He's absolutely knackered. He, he, to, mm-hmm. to be honest, if we had anybody else, he'd be out of the team, in my view. On the right-hand side, we've got a similar issue. But the question about Cousins, uh, I quite like Cousins. But again, we've had real problems. We seem to be signing players who are coming back from long-term injuries and then we're struggling ourselves with those players we're losing them for a, for a number of games. Now, some of it's been bad luck with Cousins, but we've never really had a spell of uh, probably more than maybe eight or nine games where he's played in the succession. But what I have seen of him, I like him. He's never going to be one of those that gets to sort of off, off the edge of your seat. But uh, talking to a few Stork fans, I think they, they were a bit disappointed last season because they thought he was a good member of the squad so I was quite happy when we signed him and, and he's, he's done okay since he's come back into the team Yeah I thought he had a good game last night again he had a yeah. great game at QPR Him and Shinny will be the first two names in the midfield once they're both properly fit The problem with James McLean for me is he's been asked to defend he's better yeah. when it, when he's at the other half of the pitch mm-hmm. terrorising the defence ask him to defend and you take away half his game can I just come in with a question for us all here? Because I might suppose getting a lot of slating at the moment, but what's his position? We're playing with two centre two centre midfield players, and we're playing with a wing back in in ten Diderikwa, and Max Powers on the right touchline. I I just don't get what his position is. I, I I don't if he's playing with two other midfielders, we should be playing three in the midfield. What we're not doing. Or is it just me who's not noticing this? I don't it's understand ca- that. It's cold. That's where they cut us. That's where they cut us open last night again. Because Derek were I liked him in League One. He's not good enough for this division. Power needs to be over there yeah. to help. But power for me isn't isn't really doing that job. That that goal that Stoke scored last night, brilliant finish. But I mean, how easy did they cut down that side? And it was the same against Watford on Saturday. For me, I think. We've got real problems wide on both sides, and he thinks that's the weaker side, hence the reason why Power just seems to be playing almost as a, a second wing-back, almost, well, which is think, yeah. no, Power Power's job in that team is to play up front on the right, but Power being a midfielder will, and being the character he is, he will try and put himself about and help out wherever he feels like he can. I think the point uh, about why Max Power's out on the right, it's for his crosses. It's as simple as that. He's sometimes sometimes they're not brilliant, 
but he's by far and away the best crosser in the team. And that is, the, unfortunately, is the way we play with, with or, or main attacking ploy is either set pieces or crosses. And more often than not, he's he's he, he's the guy for the job along with James McLean on the other side. Um, so can I take, put, can it's, I take it's, issue it's, with you there, Pete? Yeah, of course you can. He might be there for his crosses, but how many times do you see our team in the last few games with opportunity to sling an early cross in and they're looking for the perfect position to put a cross in from? It's almost like they've been told, right, there's a sixpence five yards away from the byline, just outside the 18-yard box. Get the ball to there and then cross it. They don't just like sling a cross in at the first opportunity. They're looking mm. for the perfect cross, and it's a it's a com- it's an entirely a confidence thing for me. The confidence is shot. If you sling the thing in the box, sometimes somebody's going to get on the end of it. Them crosses Sorry, are too man. deep. They're coming from too deep. You need people getting to the byline and cutting them back so players can move on to them. Power isn't that type of player. He's not going to do that. That's where Lange mm. comes in. Before we get carried away with all this, Mike, who's your number two? Right-sided wing-back, full-back, who was up against James McLean. I thought he had an excellent game. Harry Clark, on loan from Arsenal. Um, he's been injured for a good portion of the season, if I'm honest with you, mate. You're, you're right, he was he was lively, he was cutting in. For me, he's an attacking right wing-back. Some people see him just as a flat-back, full right-back. I mean, he's got a bright future, I think, mate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, um, is, is, have you got him on loan till January, by any chance? Oh, we had that many blinking loans now. Um, <laughs> um, if I'm honest with you, I've, I think it might be a short-term one. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'd say it was done quite a while ago now. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it should be an interesting uh, addition to our squad, I think, if we, if we brought him in. He looked very good. Really quick as well. Yeah, he, he is He is really quick. I mean, you mentioned about your crosses, and I think that was the one thing that we actually struggled with last night. If I was thinking back to, again, we've mentioned already, but McLean, I mean, some of the crosses he put in were, were brilliant. And like you said, just... Just get the cross in. Either the defender could make a mistake, you get a second ball. Max Power, I really like. Firstly, great name. Everyone always comments on his name. You've heard it a thousand <laughs> times. But, you know, it's. I think I think he's a good player. I think he would he would be able to fit into a good a good load of teams, actually, in this division. You're right about McLean. He's no left wing back. Michael O'Neill tried to get him into that kind of left wing back position at one point, and he, was just, he just wasn't him. He is a left winger for me. And if you play him at any other times, like you said, defensively, he's going to let you down every time. So he needs to, I don't know if you're, you know, your manager doesn't know where to play his team, the best players in the team right now, but McLean is definitely no left wing back. Again on McLean, because we've been so weak on that side, partly through injuries, he's actually, when we had a back four, he's played left back. I can't recall him playing in his best position yet this season. Maybe once he's played where he's essentially, he can get that ball, get it out of his feet and put a good cross in. And that, that is his game. It's always has been his game. You know, and he's lived he's lived off that for, for, for all the teams he's played in the Premier League. And also he's been an excellent international player and that's what he's lived off. And unfortunately at the moment, due to our lack of squad depth, He's being forced to play in that in a in a position he wouldn't have to play that position necessarily if if we if we had a fit left back. I, I actually thought very poor first half yesterday, but relatively even. Keane had the best chance. I thought Stoke were by far the best team in the second half. We were poor. Uh, Alex Neal he, he tends to do a job on us. He's done it a few times for Preston. He did it for you you guys as well last night. 
he just seems to know tactically how to play against us. He's a more experienced championship manager and I think you've got a decent manager there for, for me. I totally agree. I think the one thing that Alex Nils brought to the club is, you know what, it, it reminds me of Tony Pulis in a little bit. Now, not, not the direct football that Pulis used to play, but for example, in his press conferences, he doesn't tell anyone how an injured player is getting on, when he's coming back, what's wrong with him. He doesn't say a single thing. Not many managers do that. Like Josh Tymon, he's been missing for about six weeks. No one even had a clue he was going to play last night. Like he, He's a totally different manager. And Stoke fans, mate, we're, we're enjoying having him. Uh, time will tell whether it turns out to be a good thing or not. The referee last night, Sam Barrett, first game at championship level. I thought he did all right because he let a lot of stuff go on both sides. And I think the players, the players enjoyed the physical battle last night. There was a bit of wrestling going on, but it was even. So, so that was good. Statistics from the game. We had 51% of the possession. We had 11 shots with just one on target. I don't see, I can't remember that one, to be honest. Oh, I can't, no. Stoke had 13 with five on target. Jonesy made a couple of, of good saves, but with his feet. Corners, two to seven in Stoke's favour. Fouls, we committed seven, Stoke 12. And uh, with one yellow card each, uh, Tom Naylor getting booked for the last six. The attendance was 10,223 with 1,567 coming up, the M6 from Stoke. Man of the match is voted for by our listeners on Facebook and Twitter. Last six defender, Jason Kerr. Well done to Jason. Just like to say thank you very much, Mike, for joining us today and giving us a little bit of insight from the Stoke side. I hope when we come down to the uh, Britannia, or whatever it is now, Bet365 is it? It's, it's the Britannia to Stoke fans. It's Bet365 to the Coates yeah. family. People call it the Brits. It'll always be the Brit to us. Anyway, thank you very much, Mike. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for coming on, Cheers, guys. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. On Saturday, we're off down to the Liberty Stadium to face Swansea. And with me at the moment to talk everything about the Swans is Amy. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Minus a bit of a, a cold. <laughs> I'm doing all right, thank you. Yeah, not bad. The first thing I'd like to talk about is is, is your start to the season. It's been quite impressive, I thought, and especially in October where you've you banged in five wins from seven games. It didn't start that well, to be honest. There was we were in the relegation zone a couple of couple of weeks and it was that time where everyone went, Oh, Russell Martin's gotta go. We we started to have those conversations. I I did not partake in those conversations, but uh yeah, as you say, things picked up. Five wins and like that's very unlike Swansea City. I have to say, like being a Swansea fan, I feel like we're quite renowned for being inconsistent. So to have a sort of consistency over the last sort of eight, eight, nine games has been it's been brilliant. Of course we have suffered a couple, you know, a couple of losses in there, Preston and Burnley but not too bad considering their form as well. I thought that was a bit of a shock away at Preston because it's usually nil apiece. Really. <laughs> yeah. And Burnley are a class side anyway. Oh, they're brilliant. Like, they're brilliant. We we just folded to them. Do you know what I mean? They are, they are good. I can't see anyone kind of taking over them now, really, in terms of winning the league. But we'll see. Anything yeah. can happen. I'm hoping we're hitting you at the right time. I mean, you've not won for two games now. You've a draw, drawn a defeat, so who knows? I think, was it your last home game when you played Cardiff? Yes, yeah. We had a, a, a stormer there. I was there. It was brilliant, brilliant atmosphere, good performance. And obviously, they had a player sent off seven minutes in. So you go, great, cool, relax, enjoy. And I think the players really enjoyed the the day, as did the fans. So, um, yeah, but it'd be nice to, for everyone to go and have a, another home fixture, I think. Two, two away in a row is quite difficult, isn't it, I think? You mentioned there about Russell Martin and people were uh, going on his back a little bit. What's your yeah. thoughts, thoughts on him? I, mean, I, I thought when he was at MK Dons, he, he did brilliantly well. It wasn't yeah. a surprise when he moved on. 
Absolutely. I think I'm a massive Russell Martin fan. I think that I would say majority of the fan base is, I think you're always going to get some fans who don't agree with, you know, the way a manager is working or what they're doing, but you have to look at it from a, you know, a resource side in terms of money and budget, what we've got available. We're not in that, the top half of the the championship in that respect. So to be sat where we are, you know, it it proves, you know, the manager, the players are working well together and we're kind of getting what we can from what we are allowed to have, so to speak. Um, He's obviously, we all talk about his kind of playing philosophy all the time, but above all that, I think he's, what he's done really well with the team is a real positive mental philosophy as well so as well as the football you can see a massive change in the players and we go a goal down everyone still believes we can win the game you know and that has happened we've gone two goals down and won the game do you know what I mean I think that that has been a compared to how we were with Steve Cooper very defensive but also very negative I feel and this is a complete shift in terms of playing philosophy, in terms of possession base, they want to play, you know, good looking football, uh, the Swansea way, as we all call it as Swans fans. But also there's definitely a shift in sort of belief in what and what these players can achieve, which is great as a fan, isn't it? To see that, see that unity on, on the pitch and the managers and everything. It's great. Yeah, it does. And it sort of reminds me of a former manager of ours who was a former manager of yours. And I just wondered... <laughs> Yeah, I just wondered uh, when we were talking about Roberto Martinez, of course, mm-hmm. if if it was a conscious decision from from the board to appoint somebody who had a, a similar philosophy. Do you think? Oh, absolutely. I think that you know that development of the Swansea way. I think his influence has been amongst the club and amongst the fans, and kind of that's what. Swansea fans want to see and I think uh, you know I just mentioned Steve Cooper complete opposite of that really what he did with us was the complete opposite and you know you started seeing people say yeah well I'd rather play the way we want to play than win all these games you know (laughs) which obviously always causes massive debate like you want to win your games when you're playing football but I can understand you want to win the games playing the way you want to play and I think that you know Russell Martin started to do that for us and I think yeah there's a massive um, shift in in how we're playing it's kind of gone back to those roots of you know Swansea and all that everyone <laughs> that's what we used to call ourselves believe it or not um just that lovely like passing you know tricky football you know good footballers good touches lovely passing all that sort of stuff it's nice to see it for sure it's it's good that it's working again this we seem to have reverted in in the uh in the our philosophy at the moment to a more like direct style um yeah and it's yeah. good to see that possession-based football is, is, you know, being successful. And people talk about it, don't they? People like to see it. You know, you you see fans of other clubs being like, oh, I like how they play football. And you go, yeah, you want to be that club, don't you? (laughs) Of course you do. Of course. The finest football we ever played, ever, was played under Roberto Martinez. And and it it was just brilliant to watch, you know. And one particular season, 2012, the end of that season. Brilliant guy as well. Very popular amongst our fan base, for sure. Harry Darling, I'd like to speak about if it's all right. He was at MK Dons last season and he was a standout for them. Cultured centre-back, as yeah. you made the steps to the championship. Interesting one. Yes, I've seen all the like the highlights from his MK kind of fit and we were like, he's exactly what we need. And I believe that is correct. I think the, the jump has been big, I think. And he has unfortunately been on the end of a few defensive errors which have led to goals. They've been sort of like horrendous errors, you know, ones you can't really hide from. Um, I think two or three this season. However, he does, you know, he's playing the football with, that Russell Martin wants him to play. Obviously worked under him there. 
And he's obviously what we've discussed earlier. He can score a goal. He's he's scored some brilliant goals. And it's weird when you centre backs are scoring, scoring your goals, but it seems to be happening. And he's often in the right place at the right time. Obviously, he's a tall guy as well. Good for set pieces. Something Swansea have really tried to work on this season because we were shocking last season. Got a new set piece coach in and I think they must be working very well together because he's always on the end of those headers so yeah an asset definitely still think that there's yeah our defensive errors are fairly large in that department but I think I think we're getting there and I think he seems like a good guy he seems like one day you know he'll be a, a leader that sort of character for sure well that's good to know that there's some defensive errors because we could yeah, do there are. there's some howlers in there definitely <laughs> that's that's good to know your goals as well you mentioned Harry Darling though he scored three goals this season but yeah. there's eight players scored your top scorer is only on four. So are, are you pleased oh, that it's being spread about like that? Oh, definitely. I think um, if you look at the numbers compared to last season, very much heavily reliant on Joel Pirro. And he hasn't come out all fires blazing yet this season. And he also had a three-match ban for a really stupid red card. So we kind of lost him as well. But, you know, last season you lose Joel Pirro, you go, oh my gosh, where, how are we going to score a goal? This season you're like, well, anyone... Anyone can score a goal on this team, you know, centre backs included. So I think it's um, it's it, it's it shows the kind of football that we're playing. I think you know it's not as direct. It's not so much just get it to the striker and hope it goes in. It's very much a team a team game, and everyone's got a chance of getting a goal. And it's 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 great, isn't it? Seeing you know Harry Darling score a goal, it's, it's just yeah. it makes it all more, all more exciting for sure. Uh, I'd just like to ask you about a player who spent a bit of time on loan with us a couple of seasons back, Jay Fulton. How's he doing? As every time I've seen him play, he's, he's Luke Paul. Brilliant. Yeah, he um, he's a fantastic player. Obviously, he's been with us a long time now. Um, he's very much sort of part of the woodwork at Swansea City. He works lovely with Matt Grimes in the centre together. They work as a lovely sort of midfield duo. And then last season, started to kind of drop off a little bit and actually wasn't picked. And there was a discussion. I seen a lot of kind of rumours about people, him going this summer. Um, which I was quite sad about, but people are like, oh, we can't play Martin Ball. He can't. He, he doesn't fit in the system. Get rid of him. You know, why would you keep him? However, he's been kept and he's been put in the starting eleven, and he's been a vital part of the team so far this season. And he's been absolutely brilliant. He's like, it's like if you feel like a bit like a proud parent, but he's sort of like come on leaps and bounds. Like he's he's become he's developed his his game even more so. You know, he's always been a good solid midfielder, you know, with a bit of aggression and a bit of attacking flair. Like it's, it's there. He's really developed under under Martin, which is amazing to see. And I'm a massive Jay Fulton fan. So yeah, I'm glad he's still with us for sure. <laughs> and before I let you go, I've got to ask you one thing. Sure. Give us a prediction. This morning I saw the the thing about, you know, oh, we're gonna have had five losses in a row and honestly anytime I see something like that it's like they're winning against the Swans should be an easier fixture you know if you want to look at it on paper but it's the ones that classically Swansea lose and it's every it's all the time you think oh I remember I think it was last season there was a, a team we came up against who hadn't won in seven and of course we lost you know, it, it, we're that sort of team sometimes. But I hope that we'll be organised. I hope that obviously take we've had a, a way loss this week. You'd like to think we come home, we have a good solid performance and we win. Uh, and I'm going to have to be positive, but I think I think we're going to go with a 2-1 Swans win. I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. 
because you guys will be fighting for your lives out there, I think. But <laughs> we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I'm going to go with a 2-1 for the Swans. Thank you very much for coming yeah. on. Thank you so much. That was nice listening to Amy there. Uh, she sounds very positive about Swansea's fortunes, but she might well be <laughs> considering our relative positions at the moment. They're hovering just outside the top six. She's very positive about their manager, Russell Martin, at the moment, although it seems not, not everybody has been. And I think it shows what we're likely to be up against on Saturday. I think the uh, they're obviously playing a lot of possession football playing the um, the Swansea way going back to the days of Roberto I have to say Barry very very disappointed that you only mentioned him halfway into that that was it should have been it should have been the way you started but you know we'll we'll let we'll let that go I think we could really, really struggle. If it's a team that's on the game playing possession football, if they are able to move the ball forward quickly on the ground, we're going to have our work cut out. That's my feeling about Saturday. And Amy's scoreline of 2-1, well, we'll have to see. We definitely need some of that positive attitude you were talking about. Mm. Um, right, we'll move on to ref watch. The referee will be Craig Pawson from Sheffield. And he began refereeing in the Football League in 2008. And he's been a select group one referee for the last 10 seasons. And he's only been in charge of two Latics games previously, both of which were in the 2013-14 season. And both of them were at the DW. 2-1 win over Forest in August. And second game he refereed was in April of 2014. That was a 3-0 win over Reading. So far this season, Craig Pawson has taken charge of 15 games. Seven have been in the Premier League. Two have been internationals. Three have been in the Europa League. One's been in the Champions League. He also refereed the Community Shield. And in those 15 games, he's issued 70 yellows, no reds, and he's awarded seven penalties. And that's Craig Pawson, who will be your referee on Saturday for the visit of the Latics to Swansea City. Also, Craig Pawson was the fourth official in the FA Cup semi-final against Arsenal. Sorry for jumping in. Good knowledge, Barry. Excellent knowledge. Right, well, let's get let's get some previous, although I don't think this is going to give us that much more hope than we just, just had from, uh, from what we just talked about. We've played Swansea on 27 times previously, winning at 10, losing 12 times, and we've made five draws. That doesn't sound too bad, but, but there's worse to come in a moment. The first meeting came in Division 3 on the 3rd of November, 84, a goalless draw at the Bretchfield. Latics winning the return fixture at Springfield Park 2-0 in April, 85. We haven't won in any, I say any of our last eight meetings. That includes three draws, five defeats. And the last time we beat Swansea in the league was the 6th of January, 2001. Andy Liddell with two goals in a 2-0 win. Roberto Martinez played in that game and actually got booked. My memory, big memory of playing Swansea was, I think at the time, was our joint record win. We won 6-1. And the bit I actually remember is there's some footage on YouTube where our biggest fan, in inverted commas, Elton Wellsby, handed over the performance of the week as they used to have on the whatever that programme was on ITV or Granada back in the day. And it was handed over to Brian Hamill the manager I'd take a repeat to that of that on uh, Saturday anyway a 6-1 win I've only been to Swansea once and, and unusually for me because I've, I've done loads of away grounds but most of them don't exist anymore they were all the old grounds but unusually, I, I never went to the Vetchfield, but I have been to the Liberty Stadium. Um, so that's my, my only trip down to Swansea. Nil-nil draw when um, not long after Roberto had left there and Brendan Rodgers was the manager at Swansea. 
Right, let's get predictions done. It's going to be, I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be nil apiece. Well, that, I think that might be, you know, it might just be something to stop the rot at the moment. So if we can stop actually actually stop conceding goals. Uh, so I'll go along with that. I'll go for a nil-nil as well. I'll go with a scrappy one-nil Attics win, just because that's exactly what we need. I think we might get something similar to what Paul says. Very scrappy. We've just got to make the game as scrappy as we can and get um, a 2-1 win. On that note, a positivity. Up the ticks. Up the ticks. Come on. Come on. Guys.